now it's my pleasure to welcome Charlotte to Major League Soccer as our 30th team. And now your new owner, David Tepper. Charlotte, you ready to party? Please join me in welcoming Charlotte Football Club's first head coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez. Buenos dias. In the 2022 MLS Super Draft, presented by Adidas, Charlotte FC selects from the University of Maryland and Generation Adidas, Ben Bender. Welcome in, everybody. Today's episode is part of our focus on the Charlotte FC roster called Building the Squad. Charlotte FC has officially announced that they have signed a winger, Camille Joswiak, a Polish native from the storied Darby County Football Club in the EFL, to a designated player contract. Joswiak joins fellow Poles forward Karol Swiderski and defender Jan Sobosinski on Charlotte FC. I talk with Corey Hancock from the Rams Review podcast that follows the Darby County Football Club. Let's take a listen and see what kind of player we are getting. Hello, Corey. Hello, how are you, Nick? Doing well, how are you? Very well, thank you. We got Corey Hancock here. He does a podcast in his own right for Darby County Football Club. It's called At The Rams Review, and he has a lot of of insight on the the latest Charlotte FC player who right now has just signed uh, the winger, who's actually a a Polish native. Yeah, Kamil Juzviak. When you look at him on paper, uh, he passes he passes the muster, right? Early 20s, Polish international. He has, you know, 20 odd caps for Poland. He he played for Poland at the Euros. He's got he's got a bit of pace about him. He, he's got a bit of skill. Um, so you know, he he passes the eye test, right? He passes something that you think, okay, this is somebody who who can do really well. Unfortunately, games aren't played on paper. Uh, I don't think we ever saw the best of Kamil Juzwiak at at Derby. Um, but you know. Uh, there's a lot of potential there for the player to to go out there and 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 if you can put it all together, he'll be one heck of a player. And Charlotte's going to have he's going to be exciting. I think he's going to do really well in the MLS. Um, I have seen a few MLS games, and I think you know obviously Charlotte they needed a they needed a winger, but to bring him in is a, is an exciting prospect for them. But it's a bit of a strange one from a Derby County perspective for for lots of different reasons. And you know, like I said, Camille came in and we were all excited for him. You know, ultimately he's left, and it's it, that's just the disappointing thing is that he didn't necessarily have a, a chance to really make a mark in this side. And that happens. You know, hopefully, like he'll find his mark. So, w- what do you think? Because he's had obviously some success with the, you know, especially in the Euro with the Polish team. But when he went to Derby, it didn't happen. So, were there not the pieces that complement him better there, or like what is it that might make it work better here in Charlotte? Because you know, we don't want the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think when you look at Kamil Juzviak's time at Derby, it, it, you have to take several factors into consideration, right? So you have a young lad who's who's grown up in Poland, played in Polish football, like Poznan, he did it really, really well. Obviously, they put him on the radar. Um, and he joins Derby County uh, during the pandemic in a time where the UK is in big, uh, you know, have a, have a lot of stringent lockdowns. So there's, there's that factor. There's that factor that, you know, he couldn't necessarily have as many friends and family over as what he would have wanted to, to try to make that adjustment easier. 
there's the factors of he can't go out and really explore his new city, his new, the new country that he's living in, because there's, there's lockdowns and there's restrictions and the restrictions in the UK, I'm sure your listeners are no Nick, and I'm sure you're aware were a lot more stringent than what they were here in the States. Right. They were in terms of like, it was literally illegal to go outside at some point. So, you know, it makes it, it makes it a lot more difficult for somebody to get adjusted to that. You know, you throw that into the mix, um, all that personal stuff. We know that his girlfriend joined him, uh, you know, within a couple of months. So that, you know, that was good. And we were hoping, you know, the more he gets, the more he gets into it, you know, that aspect is going to come. But I think on the field, you know, you also have to look into the consideration that this probably county team is not, it has been struggling for the past, basically since Camille Jujviak's been at Derby for, for best part of really two years. Um, so the 18 months that Camille Jujviak's been there and then an extra, another six months on top of that. So this, this Derby team's really been struggling and it's really difficult to have patience with a player when you have, um, when you need points on the board and you're in a relegation fight, right? So you want players to hit the ground running. You also want to give them time, but how do you balance that when, you know, we could go down, we could have gone down to league one. So, um, you know, there's, there's that. I don't think necessarily there are as many pieces at Derby as what there are in other, in other areas. I think, you know, when you're at Poland and you're laying balls for Lewandowski, right. You're going to look a lot better with assists than when you're laying up to, to 37 year old Colin Kazim Richards up front for Derby and whoever else we had up there at the time. Um, so I think, you know, there are some factors, there are some factors with that, obviously the personal adjustment, like I said, and then, you know, on the field, we were just struggling. And I think for Poland, he also plays a different role. He plays left, left wing back or right wing back. He plays in a wing back role. So it lets him a little bit better, but um, you know, Darby used him obviously a little bit further forward, which is fine. It's not like he had any problem doing that role. Um, but again, you know, we were, we were light in the final third. We really have not had a potent cutting edge for Camille Jusviak's time at Derby for 18 months. And the team was struggling and a bit devoid of confidence. I think anytime you're in that environment, you're playing in that environment, and then you have the personal aspect as well. It's going to be, it's going to be a bit strange. Now, what I would say is Camille Jusviak's best time in a Derby County shirt correlated with the return of Christian Bielik, another Polish international who was his, who is his best friend. Bielik was our record signing. He had an ACL tear. He came back um, and, and played about 10, 12 games for us before he tore his ACL again. And in that time, that was Kevin Jujviak's best time at Narvi. And we thought, okay, maybe he's turned the corner. You know, his friend's back. He's playing with his friend and whatever. Chemistry with just people who speak your language, native language. I mean, that's just yeah, and, and you can't you can't manufacture that. Correct. And 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 you know, Bielik and him had been childhood friends, right? So they they had gone back a long, long time. But then when he got injured again, Bielik, it really shook Camille. So I do think that he'll fit in well at Charlotte because I know Charlotte do have three or four, maybe even five Polish players in there. So you know, mm-hmm. other. Again, it's going to be a lot easier, not in a lockdown. You've got a, a locker room that already have four or five poles that'll probably already know, um, you know, so, so hopefully he can get back on track. Yeah. I think the issues that he had at Derby probably did have to do with him playing up because he seems more like a player that, that feeds with um, moving into space rather than creating space. And I think so. if he plays in, in a kind of a, a back position where he's overlapping, and finding, you know, finding holes, that might be where he, he could excel here. And we need some speed in the mid-back areas. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that, that's, that's, that's a fantastic assessment, Nick, is, you know, if, if you give him license to run, that pace is his biggest asset. asset. And, you know, it's like the old adage in baseball, right? Uh, speed, speed, never, speed never has a slump, right? Because you're always right. fast. So, you know, I think if he's able to do those overlapping runs from a, from a fullback position or a wingback position, I think that'll, that'll bode him really well. He's not a he's not a space creator. He's not somebody you can play centrally. I would say that his finishing ability needs a lot of work. 
Uh, I think he's, I think he scored two goals for Derby in his entire 60 odd games that he played. Um, And he had some guilt edge chances. One he was robbed of against Nottingham Forest. So he should have had three, but um, yeah, some of his finishing ability is, is just not, uh, not what you would expect from Polish international. So it's definitely something that he needs to work on, but I would agree with you. I think, you know, the more he gets into space, the more freedom he has to use that, that nice pace that he has, you know, that that'll be able to, to get something. Um, they'll be able to utilize him to the best of their abilities. And hopefully with, uh, you know, like you said, with, with the Polish internationals already on the teams Swiderski up front and, um, you know, Rios, both of those are kind of big presence. And if he can create space for them to have more opportunities, because a lot of teams just in the last two, you know, one only two games have really boggled that middle area. And so our, our middle you know, centers and strikers didn't really have much room to, to make stuff. And they're not necessarily, you know, the, the best ball handling kind of strikers. They're more of, you know, I can score a goal type thing and I, I can be present in these places, but they're not, you know, going to dribble around everybody and, and make their own space. So if our, if our wingers and our backs can kind of do that for them and create a space because they're pulling defenders away from that kind of crunch middle, I think he'll have lots of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cause I mean, like you said, he's got a bit of pace. He's got a bit, of, he's got a bit of skill about him. He, we tended to see him give the ball away a little bit too much at Derby, which was disappointing to see. And there were some instances as well where he was in good positions. You could see where players were just not going to pass it to him because either they didn't have the confidence in him to receive that ball and do anything with it or something like that. So, um, you know, that was never really great to see, but that only happened on a few occasions. So, you know, I do think I do think that uh, the MLS will suit his game, and I think Charlotte will, will suit the style based off of the needs and the players they have in that dressing room. We do have uh, some issues with some some passing. Uh, we're actually ranked last 28, uh, I believe, out of bounds or out of sidelines passes. Um, so those errors, I think, is more because they don't they haven't played together for you know yeah small sample size too. I mean, you're like so, two games into the season. Right, right, and you know, I was looking at the the charts and like basically all MLS's teams except for maybe like three have over 70% of their squad back. So there's like only a handful of them. Um, so I think it, it's more of a gelling thing because when they do control it, actually it's, it's pretty nice and they're able to systematically march and, you know, I mean, you've seen that, you've seen that numerous times in MLS through the expansion, through the expansion era, right. right. Uh, you know, you, you very rarely end up with an LAFC that, or in Atlanta that's put together a team and then wins a championship or is a highly competitive within the first couple of seasons, normally a lot of growing pains, you know, associated with that. So, you know, you're going to take the good with the bad. And, you know, Charlotte said two games into their, into the franchise, into, into this new, this new thing. And it was fantastic to see bank of America stadium sold out. So, you know, there's obviously a big culture down there. There's a big want to, to succeed. And I'm sure that they will, um, they will do that in fact. And I do believe Charlotte's CEO, Tom Glick, uh, he is the chief executive, I believe, of, of footballing operations at Charlotte. He used to be at Darby County as well. So, okay, yeah, actually, Tom Tom recently left. He's going back. Oh, fair enough. Last things, time I read, but, he was involved with Charlotte because he was part. Yeah, of Yeah, but no, he was. He was actually a big part of basically laying the foundation and setting up the franchise. But yeah, they kind of moved on. That was a whole transition back in January and February that that happened. So uh, there was a lot of shifting, but everybody was kind of moved up. It wasn't like we brought in all these new yeah, people. Yeah. It's like Tom left. And then, you know, Joe Next got man moved. Up, they moved up the little Yeah, Nick got yeah. moved, that kind of stuff. And so those people were ready for those positions anyway. So it was, it seemed like a good natural fit. Well, that's great. Well, so when we get back up to uh, 
to DC, we're going to have to to get with you and maybe uh maybe enjoy the game together. Yeah, definitely for sure. And uh, you know, I'll obviously have my Derby jersey and see if I can get Kemal Jusviak to sign it. Um, <laughs> but you know, what I'd say to your listeners, Nick, and and and, and uh, to to you and to your listeners and to the Charlotte supporters is just that you know he's a good lad. Um, he works really hard. I don't think necessarily he was given a fair shake at Derby. Um, but that being said, you know, when he did play, it's not like he pulled up trees. Um, and I think the one weird thing about this transfer is that we signed him for four and a half million pounds from Lech Poznan. Um, we're, the, the fee that we understand is in and around a million pounds, right? So you're going to lose some. We've took, we've took a 75% cut on getting rid of him. Um, we still owe money to Lech Poznan for his transfer. So that money will go to that. And I'm sure your listeners may or may not be aware that Darby's in financial straits. We're currently in administration. We've had a 21 point deduction. Um, we, you know, we have enough funds just to finish the season. We don't have an owner. So um, we are currently in a, in a poor financial state. And then we have between 12 to 16 players out of contract in summer. We can't re-sign them to new deals. And the odd thing about this transfer was that Camille Juj, very few players who was under contract for next season. So even if we to go down, go up, stay in the same division, whatever that's going to be, in here so that was a weird um it kind of not that it was completely unexpected because he necessarily wasn't in the in the in the frame of wayne rooney but um you know, wayne rooney's team because young players have overtook him which is also sad to see um but you know we need to remember you know he's still a young man he's 23 24 years old um and bottom line he's got all the potential to be a top quality player unfortunately he didn't show his international quality at derby but i think he goes with everybody with the best wishes because he's a great young lad works really hard um, and he should fit in really well with Charlotte with both in the needs that they have in the team and with the dressing room. So if he puts it all together, you guys are going to have one hell of a player on your hands and uh, be back in the Polish squad tearing it up at the World Cup. So, Right. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Uh, you know what? Darby should seek out uh, Mr. Tepper and see if he's interested in buying the club. <laughs> I think we've tried pretty much everybody to buy the club. We had uh, we, we went with a group, um, a Middle Eastern group found a sheik. He had no money. So it was like the only sheik in the world that didn't have any money. Um, we found a, a, another owner who had this luxurious lifestyle, who was a boxing promoter. And then he uh, claimed that he lived in a, in a very expensive house, which was actually just an expensive house from TikTok, but he claimed it was his own. So that was a weird thing. Uh, yeah, we've had a lot of failed ones. We've got three or four people interested now, but you know, the administrators and the EFL are, are kind of for an angling here on what the next steps are going to be. And it's frustrating for all of us if we don't have a football club, you know, come next month, come next, come next year. Um, so, you know, we've got enough funding, funding till May. So hopefully the, the situation sorts, um, but, you know, we're, we're putting up a good fight in the championship. So hopefully we can, uh, we can continue that and stay in the division. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a heck of a good run uh, from now until the end of the season. Very busy for us on the podcasting front. Um, right. Very emotional draining for, for, for the, for us and for the supporters as well. Well, good luck with that, and uh, thanks for all that insight. We appreciate it. No, I appreciate you having me on, Nick, and um, wish you and all the Charlotte fans all the best this season, um, and I hope we can, we can speak again soon. Sounds good. This has been a production of charlottefcpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening and follow us on Twitter at CLTFCpodcast. Thanks again and please share this with a friend and just spread the news. We love hearing from you and appreciate and hope you come back. Thank you.